Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Our purpose is to have fun talking about small business stuff. Along the way, we'll give you knowledge and tools to succeed with your small business, whether you're starting it from scratch right now or you're established. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my business partner, Adam Sunholder. That's right. We're the small business guys. We're here to talk about small business. That's what we focus on uh, day to day, but also as part of the show. And our focus is 1 to 25 in terms of size and number of employees. That's the kind of companies we deal with. In fact, that's the kind of companies that make up most of the U.S. Uh, population of companies. 25 million of them, I think. That's, that's right. right. And they're everywhere. And chances are, uh, as you go about your day-to-day, certainly your week-to-week life, you're either working for one or you come into contact with numerous of, uh, of them during the course of that week. And we're here to help and share some different secrets about those things and help them, the, them being the owners of those companies, with the stories from a couple of guys who've been there and done that. You know, Jack and I have been together for about going on 15 years now doing our business coaching. And between the two of us, we've owned and operated 20 small companies and had early on in our careers with some big corporations. So we've been around and done it, not just studied these things like many folks, but actually lived it. And we're here to share not only our stories, but the stories of the hundreds of clients we've had over the years to help you as a small business owner. Okay, today we're going to be fer- focusing on four segments. The first one is going to be common myths of small business ownership. We're going to debunk one of those myths today. The second one is the dirty secret of the week, and that can be a lot of fun sometimes. And then the how come segment in which I'm going to ponder the world and come up with a a question starting with the words how come. And then we'll proceed to kind of talk about that and show how that applies to the small businessman. And then the the fourth segment is going to be small business success stories in which Adam's going to utilize our seven keys, pick out one of our many clients that have been successful, and kind of tell you a story built around that. If you have questions or you want to be a part of the show, you can always uh, reach out to us. Uh, even when we're not on the air, maybe the best way to get hold of us is by email, which is at radio at MaximumVP.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook. Uh, if you go to Facebook.com forward slash MaximumVP, and we're always available on the phone, too, at 877-849-0670. You know, most business owners are stuck in a state of how. What the heck does that mean? That's something through our coaching years we developed to sort of simplify the complexity of business, at least in the minds of small business owners. You know, how do I make a profit plan? How do I present my company? How do I create a marketing plan? How do I find good people? The list is endless, and every day, Questions come into the owners of small businesses, into their minds, into your minds, small business owners out there. It, 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 you, you phrase and start the question with, how come or how do I do this? We're Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we help small business owners get unstuck from the state of how. And if one of those how questions you're wrestling with is, how do I learn more about Maximum Value Partners or how do I get a hold of you? You can reach out to us via phone at 877-849-0670 or check out our website, MaximumVP.com. Hey, wait, I said small business owners. Oh, it's small owners businesses. of small businesses. We like them with the all big... shapes and sizes and heights and and. Uh, well, I was looking for else, people right? under 4'8 this year. Or this, four eight. This, uh, you think we can find any that small? I'm sure there are. Okay. Well, we're looking for owners of small businesses. That's what we're looking That's for. That's right. You can be of any height or gender. We got it. All right. Our first segment is our debunking of a common myth. And our myth this week that we're going to debunk is one that I know is very popular out there in the uh, in the in the general population, and that is 
that passion, passion mm -hmm. is required for a business owner. <laughs> You'll hear it all over the place. People say, hey, you know, what are you passionate about? You know, what, you know, what gets your engine going? And hey, if you're not passionate about something, you can't be successful with it. And we're here to tell you that's... That's a bunch of nonsense. That's, that's, that's total, what it is. That's total, we're going to debunk that myth. Grossly misused word, passion. You know, what is passion? It's a strong feeling. It's, 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 uh, I just looked it up. It's a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something, about doing something. Now, there's no question that you, you have some pretty strong feelings as a business owner from time to time, and you like the product and or service that you're creating. But to use that word passion, honest to God, it just, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's very annoying. Well, I think it's, I think it's misguided. I think we, we talk about, and I know we certainly live this, which is we're very passionate about business, Jack, right? But I dare people to come to me and tell me, can you get passionate about cleaning grease? How about paint? Or how about printing? So what, what are people passionate about when they use that word? What journalists write about it, and they don't, uh, unless they run a, a business and carefully use the word, passion just denotes un endless, endless energy and enthusiasm, endless. Well, I think it comes down to is if, if you have a hobby or an interest, and I think they'll talk about that. So I'm very passionate about this kind of hobby or side thing, right? But that may be a detriment to your business success. If you're really passionate about it, you're going to do it no matter what. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing it because I love doing whatever this thing is. I just love it. I, I love the fact that uh, I have to earn money and struggle with all those variables of the people, of the products, of the the, the taxing authorities, the all the, the part of business that detracts from the love of the product. Uh, that great book that inspired us certainly along the way was uh, Emith Revisited talks about a, a, a woman who bakes pies and does a real good job of it. And she's basically encouraged by her customers to go into business for herself. And in the story, uh, the book goes on. It's a simple read. It's a good read. Very, very appropriate. She goes on to start her own business and takes her customers' advices, cause she, her advice, because she loves to, to bake pies. She does it good, and that's why everyone likes her product. But the, the book talks about all the things that she gets into with the exception of baking pies. And that's what happened. That, that's why we kind of laugh when we hear somebody saying or advising somebody who's thinking of starting up a business that they have to be passionate about it. What a crock. I mean, it, it's, it's just wrong. Yeah, it's, uh, the, it relates to the being passionate about the product or service. Again, usually people will start a company because they're very good at what the product or service is. And, but often that's not the case. I mean, this contrast here, we've got a couple of different clients we've had. One who was really not passionate at all. He's a pretty short-lived client of ours. Had some very, very good success. And the company he bought was in the nurse staffing industry. And uh, smart guy. He'd worked for, for, for some big companies before he went out and bought this franchise. and did very, very well with it. But I would not describe him as being passionate. That's not, that's not, a, not a word I would use to describe him. He was a hard D in disc parlance, and he was very focused on making profit and had some very good success with that in a very tough industry. But he was not passionate at all, but was very, very successful from a financial standpoint, from a company standpoint, and growing and doing very well. If I contrast that to another client of ours who was very, very passionate for helping farmers, helping her staff, helping the community, who didn't take a paycheck in 10 years after buying a company because she wanted to keep people employed. She's very, very passionate from that <laughs> standpoint. But it was a tremendous detriment to her that passion because she was clouded her vision uh, as far as what needed to be done for the company was clouded by that passion 
for the absolute love for for for, for what she was doing and helping oh, yeah, and helping you know it happens Adam. the business part of it all gets in the way whether you're for profit or non-profit the business part of it that's the essence of e-myth it talks about all the stuff that you have to do to keep going to work within and on your passion the passion is is just such an inappropriate word for small business ownership and and what they need to propel themselves they like what they're doing if they're making money at it and it's legal and it's it it generally uh depicts their values so if they can do that they're they're happy they aren't passionate they're content they're fulfilled there's all kinds of other words you can use but passion you know, hey, this is my passion. You see commercials saying that. Come on, let, let's get off that. Well, I was prepping for the show, Jack. I was going through some of our client lists, as I often do, to, to, to get ready for the, some of the stories here. And it was a lot easier to find stories of folks who were very passionate about the product or service that had problems. You know, we had one client who has been grinding things out for the last 15 years in the collectibles business. And he loved collecting these things. You know, that was a big part of what he was about. That's how he discovered the company was for sale. Is that he was he was a he was a customer, right? He was very very passionate about it. So he's been just grinding it out for years. And I'll tell you what, he's probably at the point now where if he never sees another collectible in his life, it'll be it'll be too soon because he absolutely it's it, it's it's driving him nuts. You know, he had another client who's who's more in the. Uh, on the film side of stuff, and is, you know, absolutely loves doing those kind of things, but uh, to try to bridge the gap and to make money at it becomes very tough. And I, I remember being a very young kid. I played golf, and I was pretty decent at golf. But I got to the point where I saw the, the work that these guys were putting in, and it was like, well, it's not much fun anymore. It's like a, it's a, it's like a friggin' job. It's, it's a lot of work. And, and so that's going to take the excitement and joy and passion from it because, it's, again, it's going to be like a job. So you got to be careful with something that you're very, very, again, I'll call it a hobby or an interest that you've got that you're very passionate about and try to turn that thing into a business because it's going to, chances are it's probably going to spoil it for you. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna go back to this definition, a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something that, you know, uh, that, that, uh, about doing something. And basically, to me, I would break it up into maybe uh, short-term and intermediate and long-term. Like anything, anything new, any new shiny object, the excitement of it, uh, the you know, the uh, fulfillment, uh, the thought that you're you're getting way out in the future. Everything's untested, but your image is, boy, this is great. I love doing this. I, if I'm a decent golfer, I could, I'd love to be making money and and be able to come to the golf course every day. Well, that enthusiasm, high energy at the beginning, takes over with the reality of business. So you might have a little passion early on, but you should click that off because it's going to get clicked off very quickly when the burdens of business and, and all the uncertainties start to take over. That's a big difference, and that's maybe how passion should should be put in perspective here. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's still going to be, to use that term, work. It's going to be quote-unquote work for you, and you got to be able to make money. If you can't make money at it, again, it's just a hobby. And so hobbies are great to have. So don't ruin some of your hobbies or passions by you know, trying to make a business out of it because it may not be the best thing for you. So That's right. So don't believe that. If you're not passionate, it's okay. It's good that you don't have to worry about being passionate. What we try to encourage our clients is to be passionate about business. And that's how, and if you get good at business, you become very, very passionate about it. That's right. All right. Stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to be unveiling our dirty secret of the week. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we can help you get unstuck from all those how questions in your business. The time that was so hard to find. 
Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. You know, don't you wrestle with all those how questions on your own. Really, don't do it. We can help. We've helped hundreds of people, and we, we love dealing with small business owners and help them get unstuck. Give it a shot. It's one of those things, as an owner, you know, Jack's mentioned, I know I've probably mentioned a few times here on our show, where you have those endless how questions, and they keep coming. And It's one of those things I always joke with, with, with my wife. She's a big-time twirler of her hair. You know, I don't have that problem, neither does Jack. We don't have any hair to twirl, but she's always twirling her hair. And it's almost to the point where it's subconscious <laughs> for her. I kind of pointed out, I was joking with her yesterday. She's like, well, I'd probably do it if I'm bored. I go, like, yeah, I think you just you do it to thank you. Yeah, you do it a lot, right? And I think if you, if you become conscious of it as an owner, if you have like a little checkoff list, just say, yeah, how many times do I, do I start start a, a, a discussion with the, with with that how word? Uh, over the course of the week, I'd be I'd be surprised if you didn't have dozens of those during the course of the week. That's yeah, what we're that talking might, about. That might be a good app that we should develop and put. The how app? How many times have you like people keeping track of their steps? And sure, sure. Whenever that word how is mentioned, boom, it uh, it comes up. It comes up a lot, right? And so, uh, yeah, so if you're, if you're wrestling with those, please feel free to reach out to us. We're available uh, 24-7 online at uh, MaximumVP.com. You can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com, or you can call us at 877-849-0670. All right, it's time for our show where we get to dig into and, and unveil the dirty secret for the week. And we have a lot of fun with these. We have a lot of time. You know, a lot of fun coming up with all these different questions and, and secrets and myths and everything else. But our dirty secret this week, and this may be tough for you to hear, so or you, you might like to hear this one, but yeah. as an owner, you'll never know everything. That's right. My God, I felt a pain in my chest when all you right. said that. That's all right. Because I think, I think people are maybe trying to get to that point where they, they kind of know it all. They've got it all figured out. And we have a name for those folks. You know, Jack and I refer to these folks lovingly as old steel guys. <laughs> <laughs> Old steel guys, you know that's our Cleveland roots taking. T- you know, they showing. take over with the yeah. with the with the Rust and, Belt conversion. And it doesn't matter if they're male, female, old, young. Doesn't matter if you're at the point where. Um, You've kind of got it all figured out. You don't need to learn anymore. We call you an old steel guy. And the reason for that is learning keeps you vibrant and exciting to be around. If you've ever been around an old steel guy, you know what I'm talking about. You, Could be a woman, too. Yeah, but it's, but it's an yeah, old it's, steel guy. Probably, uh, well, we won't go into chronic. That's okay. But we, we, uh, we use that term. And you know what I'm talking about. You, you've met them, and it's, they're oxygen-sucking. You're in there, and there's just, you know, within, within the matter of minutes, you're, you're, you're going to feel depressed. The body language, the, the grumpiness, the know-it-all, the, everything that, like, what am, I, what am I doing here with this guy, you know, or her? Right. So <laughs> one, of the, one of the keys, you know, I'll call it a key thread for a successful business owner that, you know, not only the clients that, that we've had over our 15 years together at Maximum Value Partners, but in our careers that Jack and I have seen, is that the people that we work with are always trying to learn and grow and get better. I have yet to meet what I would call a successful old steel guy. That's time right. started to pass it by, and usually that's a time that they got to sell and get out because if they keep holding on, the world keeps on moving forward, and they get more grumpy and harder to be around. <laughs> kind of like that movie Grumpy Old Men. I was watching that with our kids over over our vacation. They were laughing their butts off. It's a pretty good. Pretty that's good a movie. that's a pretty. That depicts the old steel guys pretty good. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> In a very comedic way, though. 
Yeah, it, it's it's an attitude like like anything in life, and you know you you can embrace learning and you can understand yourself better regardless of what the age is. But there are some old steel guys who are very young chronologically. You know, it could be in their twenties, and they're they're just stubborn and not open to to change and don't embrace it. And you know they've pretty well topped out. They might have an advantage, something uh, inherited, something. Uh, you know, once-in-a-lifetime bonanza here, but for the most part, who wants to be around them? They know everything, right? But they think they know everything. Yeah, and we, we, we've, we've gotten much better. Uh, early on, we thought we could help the old steel guys, and what we realized pretty quickly is that those folks are really not coachable. But we've got a lot of you know, folks, like Jack mentioned, you know, folks who've been in business for 20, 30 years who are very, very coachable and are embracing the seven keys to success. We had a client of ours who'd been in business for over 20 years. As we're going through, he really started to, to remake his entire team and embrace the seven keys. It took him a little while to kind of get there, but you could see the inkling from it from, from the first time we started talking to him about it to the point where he got very emboldened with these things and really started to embrace it as a way because one of the biggest challenges he had was to try to create an, a good marketing plan to be able to grow the company. He had had half a dozen salespeople over the course of the years trying to come in and do different things with very, very little luck to it. And it was very, very frustrating for him to be kind of stuck doing what he was doing. And he really started embracing things and started started to remake stuff. And uh, you know, e- even early on in, in, in the in the development of Maximum Value Partners, we had a, we had besides just Jack and I, we had a couple other partners. And Jack and his other partner were are very similar ages. And uh, our other partner is a little bit of an old steel guy, and I you know, didn't really want to change stuff much <laughs> at all. And Jack, to his credit, was not an old steel guy. Still not an old steel guy. He got he had every you know ability to be that because he was involved with a lot of people who were like that, but. To his credit, that's a big part of what's keeping him vibrant at a very young 72 years old here. Oh, God, that old? <laughs> 72 years young, right? That's right. So it doesn't matter, the, 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 like Jack said, it doesn't matter the age, what you're going to do. But if you're, if you're willing to, to, to learn, get better, know that there are good ideas out there, embrace things. Uh, for those of you who are on Facebook, you'll notice, you know, and it's fun to get comments on that. People are, are busting Jack's butt now about he's on Facebook a little bit more. And he's checking things out, starting to embrace things like that. They're not going to be the first one to adopt things, but not just uh, just kind of throw it aside without really investigating or seeing what things are all about. Most old steel guys don't do that. They, they, they have the answers. They have the answers way down deep, untested, so they can keep <laughs> uh, being smug in their, their assumptions. You know, you mentioned something before here, Adam, about coachable. You know, we go out of our way. We, we literally have a, a small little test for all our prospects here before we take them on. They have to answer several questions and we'll we'll compile that and talk about it to see if they're coachable and what we're looking for are people who will be successful who have first of all tasted success somewhere in their life it could be certainly athletic events in high school or beyond could be uh, being part of the band, part of you know, the, the, the activities, uh, the chess club, makes no difference. Where you've ideally been coached or mentored by somebody, and that's led you to, to see the light differently and hopefully experience winning. Because if somebody's been successful, you know, they can repeat it again. They know innately what, what it takes versus someone who's never achieved success. How do they? How do you put that in their mind if they're 35 years old and have never achieved success? So we want people who have done certain things, achieved a level of success, 
because now we have a better chance of coaching them to success. They know what it's going to feel like. They know what it's about. They know there's some sacrifice. They know there's some good times and bad. So that's a big deal. And when you're talking about old steel guys, they don't get it. (laughs) Not at all. And and for those of you that have sat down with us when we met over the years, you've been through our coachability quiz without even knowing about it because the questions that Jack and I ask are, are geared geared towards getting those questions answered and trying to to be able to to determine that. But for those of you we haven't met yet, we encourage you to go to our website. There's a coachability quiz on there. If you go to the homepage, one of the things that goes down, you'll see it says, are you coachable? Are you you a fit for MVP? So we go on there, you can answer. There's a a few questions there. It won't take you more than probably five or six minutes to answer them. And it gives us a a good insight uh, from the way you answer those questions about whether or not you're coachable. Because if you're not coachable, we aren't going to start with you. Yeah, it's not even worth starting. It would it, be frustrating for both of us. Um, you know, it's, you, you can't, you know, you, it's a whole idea if you could take a horse to water, but they can't make them drink kind of thing. That's well, the same you, thing. You, should, you should go and take that, that little quiz online uh, just for the heck of it and see how you measure up. Unless you're an old steel guy, then you know everything. So we don't expect those kind of people to be taking the exam. So yeah, if you go to our website, MaximumVP.com, and you click on there's a there's a, a, a tab for About Us, and it says, Are you a fit for MVP? You can you can find that coachability quiz on there and take it, and we'll uh, we'll reach out to you and let you know. Either way, even if you don't pass it, we'll let you know that, that you didn't pass it. We decide we determined that you weren't coachable. We aren't going to give you the secret sauce as how we determine that, but we'll let you know whether you're uh, a coachable or not coachable. That's so, right. So, all right, so uh, as we wrap up our segment here before, before we, we, we head out, again, don't be an old steel guy. Again, I don't care whether male, female, young, or old, but don't be an old steel guy who kind of knows it all. And you know, be open to learning and getting better and growing because that's a key part of it. All right, so stay tuned. we come back, we're going to jump into Jack's brain for a little bit in terms of our How Come segment. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we can get you unstuck from all those how questions in your business. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP, Most Valuable Player. That's another way to look at it. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. Don't you wrestle with all those how questions. And and if you've been listening for the last 45 minutes or so, you know what we're talking about with those how questions. We love helping small business owners get unstuck. It's a great way to put it, Jack. The MVP, the maximum value partner, is the most valuable player. There should always be MVPs on your team. There's, usually there's only one, and as the owner, it tends to be you. So if you're not holding up your end of the bargain of being an MVP or you don't know how to be one, that's a good time to reach out to us. We can show you how to do that to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing for your team, right? That's it. That's it. Perfectly said, Adam. All right. If you want to reach us when we're not on the air, uh, you can check us out online at MaximumVP.com, or you can email us, uh, thoughts, questions, whatever you might have, or comments on the show at radio at MaximumVP.com. We'll take some time here in our shows to read those those questions and comments as well and answer and respond to them. You can also call us at 877-849-0670. All right, we're at the point in our show now where we're going to dig into Deck's brain here a little bit and see what's kind of been pondering on his mind. And we have what we call our how come uh, portion of the, of the segment. And Jack's going to ask a how come question as he's pondering life. Jack, so what's on your mind? Okay, how come? You know, I was watching baseball. This is baseball season. I was watching it again this weekend. 
I'm, I'm kind of stuck in a, in a rut here, but the team I'm watching is, is so good that I'm captivated by it. But I was watching baseball, and your mind wanders a little bit. And all part of baseball, you have the national anthem, you have other kinds of activities going on. And it dawned on me that there are several words and phrases that come into our life regularly that we don't understand. Now, we've talked about this in other episodes here. Right. And the how come question is, how come I didn't know what the word rampart means? That's part of the national anthem. Sure so I've heard the national anthem all kinds of times. I'm listening to the words of it. In fact, I, I was motivated to even copy down the words. It's a tough song to sing and, and keep it right. I always marvel at watching, especially young people, well, it doesn't make any difference who it is, sing the national anthem and not get stuck between or with these big audiences and the pressure on them big time. But uh, what is? Or the ramparts we watched. Or the ramparts, that's part of the national anthem. And... What do you think that is? Do you know what a rampart is? I have no is? clue, Jack. I know our engineer, if I were to signal him, he'd, he'd know what it is. He knows everything like that, so we keep him away from this. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, who's brought stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight, or the ramparts we watched. Sounds like so, a battle of some type and kind. Yeah, and you're watching it. Or are you watching it? Well, let me tell you what a I rampart is. I used to watch them, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's a defensive wall of a castle or a walled city having a broad top or walkway. So you can see the broad stripes and bright stars. You're watching all these fireworks sitting on top of your, your wall. And, you know... <laughs> That's, yeah, you, you can start to get the picture differently. Some of these words and phrases that we don't know about, when you lift the lid and inspect them a little bit, they can, uh, they can sort of be fun and make enjoyment out of so they're otherwise uh, a very routine, mundane task. Okay, so I can see the ramparts in the early colonial times. Here they are protecting their, you know, whether it be from the ships or from on land, they're protecting what, what they had as they're getting attacked by the British or whoever else is coming over. That's right. All right okay, all right. So, you know, that's uh, how did that come about watching baseball? Well, in between inning changes and we're just watching the national anthem, it's a great how come question. How come I don't know those words? There's so many words I don't know, but those kind of words I should have a little better understanding well, of. We all should. Well, as you're bringing this up, Jack, I, I, there's a great YouTube of this. You, you, you may have seen it when it was on, but there's a, an old comedian named Red Skelton. And know him well. He was one of my favorites growing up as a kid. I watched a bunch of his shows and that. And there's an old bit of him. It's probably from the 1960s. But if you YouTube, it just YouTube Red Skelton and the Pledge of Allegiance. He has a great it's Oh, he does it in a serious way. Yeah, well, yeah, he, goes, yeah. Goes through right. it. he goes through it. Right. He talks about word by word. Your point, people will often just go through and blow through these things without even thinking about it. But he does each one of those. He goes through each of the words. And here's what these things mean. It's a, it's a great, fantastic video. So I I, I know exactly it. what you're talking. I've seen a version, not so much on YouTube, but I've seen I've seen. You probably saw it. Like you probably saw it on TV. I, I probably did. When I probably saw it live. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we always do with the how come questions, we try to take the how come question and apply it to a small business owner or a small business situation. So do you, do you business owners out there, do you find yourself using and listening to words and phrases you don't understand? I'm going to tell you, I know you do, because we have seen so many business owners. Now, let me give you a couple of examples of this. Uh, the words and phrases that you don't understand, 
one thing that Adam and I really, really, he, he, we're, we're pretty equal on this, but I'd give him the nudge. He, he gets more bothered by this than I do, but uh, it's okay because we both totally are, are in the same. I'm bothered, and I hide it pretty well by poking. He does, face, yeah, right? he does. I know you do. <laughs> but words and phrases you don't understand. So you're a small business owner out there, and you go and you're invited over to your CPA's office to go through your financial statements. And you're going to sit there, and you're going to be smiling as a CPA rolls through words and phrases that you don't understand. Adam has a good Dilbert comic that he uses from time to time to make that point. But talking about terms and languages that you, you, don't, you just don't understand, and, and you sit there smiling, nodding your head, not even knowing one way how to, ra how to phrase a question and, and challenge this to the CPA. The CPA, in turn... It's going to feel like we always challenge small practice CPAs. Hey, you're fine. You're, 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 uh, yes. They're clients. They're clients. clients. That's the word I'm looking for. They understand what you're talking about. Right. And they'll challenge us back saying, yes, they do. No, they don't. The key to that is having them present right. and feedback what the EBITDA means. Hey, Adam, what is uh, the EBITDA of your company, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Adam. I just saw you nodding your head like you knew what that, I was talking is about. Is that good? Is that, is that a good thing to have? I, that, I, I guess if you try to compare it, if I compare it to uh, if, you're, if you're going to the doctor and you get a diagnosis, whatever that diagnosis might be, or you're talking to the doctor, you try to grasp at certain words. And we'll hear this a lot. We'll, we'll have clients start to come in, and they'll we'll, we'll get an email or a call, and, and Jack and I will, will shake our heads and, you know, all for you, like, like the heck's this guy talking about? Because he also he, he grabs some word out of a ten-minute conversation that he, he that he recalls and grasps onto that. And the other things that were talked about didn't like, quite make sense or was kind of wasn't paying attention to it. So it's totally out of context in terms of what was going on. And it's often like, hey, if I have this, you know, hey, if I have EBITDA, is that is that, is that a problem? Is the sky falling? Oh, no, hold on. It's <laughs> so to try to get the perspective on it. People often their the, the brains will try to find something that they can relate to, and then they're often missing the overall point. So there's nothing wrong in stopping that, that we'll call them professional, the lawyer, the doctor, the, the, uh, the CPA, and saying, wait a minute, wait, 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 slow down. I have no idea what you just said. Now, you sing the national anthem many times over through the years, I'm sure, and you've said the word ramparts every time you sang it, and you don't know what it is. Well, why? Why? Why shouldn't you know? You know, we started, one of the things I, I started uh, years ago with a partner was a uh, public charity. And the purpose of that public charity was to teach patients how to deal with their doctors. And this was uh, in the year 2013, we, we turned this over to the Mayo Clinic. And what we had to do was empower them, really through instruction and, and, and visuals, that they should stop a doctor, literally stop him or her, when they start to go off on a tangent using words and phrases and a, a rate of speech that you don't understand. Don't sit there with a big smile on your face looking kind of goofy when you don't have any idea what's going on. You can do way better than that. And that's true with most lawyers and, and insurance agents and and God forbid, you know, you're you're sitting there, they're going over the contracts, and you have no idea what to, you know, what what's being talked about. How how you know how silly that is when you put it in the right perspective. You well, got to be curious. Well, you, don't don't leave out the best part, Jack. How did you help those patients stop the doctors from talking? Uh, one one little. We we had these people working for us that uh, would create these little props, simple props, 
Uh, now, picture most most of the uh, the healthcare or much of the healthcare uh, is geared towards uh, the female gender, usually in their 80s. You know, they they have regular visits with the doctor. So picture them being brought into a waiting room, put on an exam table, waiting for the doctor, and here comes the doctor uh, coming in, talking Swahili or some other language, and and uh, moving real fast with his words, and and uh, rather than sit there and smile like you might expect. We've put a prop in her hand, which is a little tongue depressor with a stop sign. <laughs> she raises the stop sign and instantly changes the mood. She gets in control. The doctor said, what the heck is that? He slows down. He laughs. The whole tension is relieved. And in effect, doctor, it's okay to say this. Doctor, I don't understand what you're saying. You're going too fast or you're using words. Now look how that could melt and often make aware of somebody who isn't aware that they're, they're moving at this pace. We maybe ought to rebrand those as MVP stop signs, Jack. We can, you know. You know, we probably should. good for yeah. our clients to have for their advisors, but also I think even for their employees. Because often our clients are really bad at communicating stuff, too, and the, the, the employees need somebody to get the people to stop, right? But... <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those things. Yeah, that's a very good idea. We should rebrand, rethink that. Because there are some really good things that have been passed along and developed in that program. And uh, we hope Mayo Clinic's going to, well, they're moving it along with other other acquisitions they made like this. So one of the, so one of the great techniques that, uh, that Jack's taught to me over the years, we teach to all of our clients, is a great phrase to help maybe do that, too, if you don't have a tongue depressor to stop sign on it. <laughs> Say the two words, following two words. I'm confused. Magic. Just start right there. Everything stops. Everything stops. And what that does is it now puts the onus on the person you're talking to to explain things. And I guarantee you, if you're in a room full of people, you're not the only person who's confused. But it takes somebody to step up and to say, I'm confused, because the rest of the people are feeling it, and they're waiting for somebody else to say something about it. And if you can use that, if you can use that phrase, it's amazing how quickly things calm down and people are trying to help explain things to you. You can you can change the mood in the room instantly. Uh, it's Adam's point. People are thinking about it. You're rarely you're rarely the only person thinking about that. Uh, or even worse, you're you're not thinking. You're not paying attention. All of a sudden, I'm confused. Somebody raises raises their hand in the group, and everything changes right there. Because you know, the ones talking aren't aware of it for the most part. Plus, they want to help. Uh, they'll help, but, you know, they'll quickly fall back into their old habits. But the point is you can stop and reverse a little bit of that stuff, and you're going you're gonna to learn some things that you otherwise wouldn't have learned. And people are going to try to slow it down and help you more, not, not out of pity, just out of awareness. Because, hey, I'm talking too fast. God, what happened? I got off track here. Yeah, it's one. It's one simple way to show leadership. It's very difficult in our society, especially to, to admit you don't know something. It's not necessarily looked you know, well upon, but I'll tell you what, people will follow you into battle if you're doing things like that for them. So it's a, uh, it's a good thing to be able to kind of think about and keep in mind. So that was good, Jack. It's always fun to see how you, how you take your 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 thoughts and bring it back to the business side of stuff, and really to make sure people know about presenting, and the phrases that that, that they're using to make sure hey, this is what this phrase really means. Or if I don't know something. That's part of your job as the owner is to get better and to learn those things. Once you would then understand, you can say, well, is this useful or not useful? If it is, okay, how does that become part of my business? And should my team know about these kind of things? Those are good things to kind of keep in mind. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And uh, you can be an interesting person for the day. 
when you go uh, ask somebody what a rampart is. There you go. So. And I, that's a good trivia question, folks, these days. All right. <laughs> well, stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to be sharing with you how to spark explosive growth. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we can help you in ways that you never thought possible. You should contact us. Go out of your way to do it. It's easy. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. MVP, most valuable player. Think of that and think of us. We're owners. Uh, we're owners ourselves, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. We can help you. Don't wrestle with all those questions. Honestly, it's we have yet to meet a small business owner who could not, who could give us a, uh, an, an issue that we couldn't frame and get a solve, uh, get the problem solved. It's easy to reach to reach us and get in contact with us. You can call us on the phone at 877-849-0670. You can, you can check us out on the web at MaximumVP.com or if you'd like to email, uh, radio at MaximumVP.com. If you're a Facebooker, which Jack has been diving into, I'm getting more into it now as well. We've got Facebook.com uh, forward slash MaximumVP. So lots of ways to reach out and help get those how questions answered and that you've been wrestling with. And uh, don't let them stop you from, from improving your business and continue to, 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 to go forward. We're at our segment now. We're going to talk about uh, and share a small business success story with one of our, our, our MVP coaching clients here. And the, the theme for this one is how, and again, it comes back to the how questions, is how to spark explosive growth. And I know it's something that many people wrestle with quite a bit. And uh, if you hear different stories, I think people think that the growth just kind of happens quickly. And in fact, usually what happens is there's, there's a grinding that goes on. And you kind of, you're, you're, you're hovering along for maybe for months or years. And at some point, that spark gets lit and bam, it just starts to explode. And it's usually, it's usually much, you know, it's not a, one of these overnight success things where it just happens, that, you know, that next day. It takes time for things to get ready to, to, to start to happen. So we had a client of ours, and we've mentioned you know, during our show, we were talking about small business in terms of the owners that we help out. And the small businesses are, are folks that are anywhere from 1 to 25 employees. And our seven keys to success is how we coach them in terms of how we you know, help them get that business plan pulled together. It's, it's our seven keys to, to success. And if you want to find a nice little um, uh, visual of that, we have a great infographic on our, on our website at MaximumVP.com. If you click on the MVP playbook, you'll see the seven keys to success. You can click it there. You can download it and, and print it off and uh, put it in many copies. You can put it in your, in your binder. You can stick it in you know, whatever you bring in your car. You can put it in your, in your office, wherever you might have it. It's a great visual to kind of keep things in front of you that, to, to know what you, you should be working on. You know, that, that, that took years to develop, and it's, it's very simplistic in its visual, but very, very powerful. Yeah, I would encourage any small business owner to have that on its wall, on their wall somewhere. Absolutely. All right. So this particular case, in terms of, the, again, the focus is how to, how to spark explosive growth. This client was looking for a better, faster, and less capital-intensive way to grow. And he had been grinding things out uh, for the first decade in business and been trying a lot of different things. And one of the things we encourage all of our clients to do is market research. 
now. We've been getting better at trying to find a different way to phrase that over the years. I know when, when Jack and I first started uh, Max and Value Partners almost 15 years ago, we'd use that term, and Jack and I knew what we were talking about, but almost nobody else had any clue what we were talking Not about. Not a clue. That's it's, right. It's those deer and headlight looks words. are kind of like, what, what, what are you guys on crack? What's going on? No, okay, market research. What does that mean? So you, you can look around. There's There's stuff that's out there. In terms of things that are printed, you can Google things, you can look around and see stuff. So that's that's some secondary market research. You can kind of see what's been published out there. There's also some more what we call primary market research. That's you kind of doing some stuff that only you know about. And so one of the things we encourage all of our clients to do is to get to know who their competitors are. Now, usually they have a sense who some of them are, but get to know who they are, but then also get to know them. Reach out to them and talk to them. And, 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 and that strikes people so wrong, doesn't it? Oh, it's, it, it almost seems counterintuitive. <laughs> the, 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 the contorted faces we get, you know, it's uh, almost like that. Uh, Talk to it? my competitors, and, yeah. and it's like uh, sharing information with their employees, you know. It's, there's so many myths to debunk, going back to that one, but go on. Out. No, I'm picturing that there's a commercial I think it was made for Keystone Light. They, they mentioned the bitter beer face. People make these crazy faces. That's usually the face that we get. We say, what do you mean talk to my I don't want to talk to that, yeah, that, that Yahoo over there, or she's doing this wrong. Okay, well, hold on. Help understand <laughs> there's a lot to be gained and learned from doing that, okay? And uh, one of the things we also encourage our clients to do is to look at, you know, when they're talking to competitors, to, to, to think about making an acquisition as a way to grow, as opposed to adding one customer at a time to go and just see what's kind of going on and see, could this be somebody you might be able to partner with? You know, that, that's such a great, a, a, a great strategy. There are so many small businesses that basically can be acquired because of, you know, the inability of the owners to really run them profitably and know what to do and how to get themselves in and out of problems. So there's all kinds. Eventually, you know, the you, you read the Small Business Administration statistics on failures of business, and most companies don't last for more than three years, five years, whatever it's going to be, uh, by most, like 60, 70 percent of them. And where do those companies go? Well, if you're really looking and you have a strategy and you have the knowledge, which is what we teach, basically you can acquire these companies. What a nice impact to get a 30 40% bump in sales. And, and just by making an acquisition, you can do it many times for little or no money down or invested into it. It's good stuff. It really is. That's right. Acquisitions that's what, are wonderful. That's one of the things we help advise our clients on is, is buying those companies right. But again, if, if nothing else, we encourage them to, to have the discussions, start the discussions. And often what happens, too, is there's often these little nuggets that, that you'll get from talking to somebody. No, so and these aren't the These aren't the, hey, I'm giving away the, the, the farm kind of thing. That's one of the fears. Well, gee, if I go talk to my competitors, they're going to figure everything out. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, you may have a very smart competitors, but they aren't figuring everything out in your business in, in a matter of a half an hour, hour discussion over a they lunch. They can't do it on their own after be. years. So, right. yeah, it's So, it's so encourage them to kind of talk and see what's kind of going on because you, 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 you're going to, you know, learn some different things and you might get some, some, some very good nuggets out of that. So that's one of the things we, we encourage we encourage this client to do is to, to do a little bit more, more market research, come back and present to us some of the things that these folks were doing and what were they doing differently and talking to some of these folks. And so um, he started to do that. And also to, 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 re, uh, to reinforce getting good people on board. So the, our, our two, uh, out of the seven keys, the two keys we, we focus on here are the marketing plan. Again, that's where the market research and, and looking at acquiring somebody else comes in. And the second of the seven keys was the organization plan of getting good people on board. This particular client was, he has a very hard blue-collar upbringing, and he, became, he, he can be, and it's hardwired into him to be kind of cheap. 
He can be a little bit cheap at times, right? And so part of it, we can't fully get that out of him. That's kind of how he's wired. We try to help him see a little, <laughs> maybe different way to kind of look at stuff. That takes a long, <laughs> takes a long time <laughs> with, with some people. And sometimes we aren't successful and got to work around right. it. But so, uh, so it takes a little while. So we've gotten him there. And this is, you know, this has been a client of ours for, 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 for well over five years now, probably six or seven years now, actually, which is not unusual. We have clients for years, even though it's always month to month with our clients. But we, 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 we make sure they stay coachable. We make sure we still add value year to year and, and month to month. That's why it often goes for years. Sure, they grow. They but, grow with us. Yeah, so a couple things happened with, with, with this client. As part of the market research, he started to discover a different model that folks were using. For him, he was originally starting out by trying to open location two and three and four by just starting from scratch. And he started to learn that some of his competitors were actually going into different recreation centers and setting up shop there, which is a fantastic model for a couple of things. One is uh, you, have, you have a market that's already there in the building. You also have, um, you have, you don't have to, to, to find a new place to kind of put things set up and to go buy equipment. So also the capital intensive stuff starts to kind of go away. He also got a key employee on board about nine months ago. It was great to help him kind of grow. And after revamping his model, and, and he made some tweaks to what his competitors were doing to the point where it starts to work even better. But he went from, he's going to, you know, during the course of, uh, of this year, he's going to double in size. So he's been kind of grinding, 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 slowly growing, going from one location to four over the last seven years. Now all of a sudden exploding to eight locations. And what's, what's nice, the future, uh, short term especially, is to continue on that growth. It's a it's traditional hockey stick. Well, people might not know what a hockey stick growth right, it's is. Grow, it's growing very quick growth. It goes <laughs> slow, and also it kind of takes off like that. Like that hockey stick turned 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 upward, so it kind of takes off. Um, so he's had tremendous growth, and it's been because again, knowing what people are doing, and, and continue to kind of grind things out and trying things a little differently, and seeing what, what what was working for folks, and making you know making it his own, and having good people on board, which is a key thing to be able to do. So if you're struggling with that in terms of trying to get some growth, you, you almost feel ready to kind of give up. Go look at what some other folks are doing. Get some good people on board to help you make those things. Get you energized because of that information coming in your mind. It's just like my God, here I've been doing it this way all these years. Why didn't I ever think of this? That's right. So that's what's good about it. All right. I want to thank you for joining us again on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We invite you to tune in every Monday at noon. If you have questions before the next show, you can email us at radio at maximumvp.com or you can give us a call at 877-849-0670. At Maximum Value Partners, MVP, we work hard to build long-term relationships and become not only your valued advisors, but also your trusted friends. And we do a good job of that, honestly. Uh, we, we like our, our clients as friends because we take a while to, to pull them on. And if you're looking to be successful and a knowledgeable business owner and take your company anywhere, anywhere you want to go, believe me, we can help. If you missed a part of this show or any prior shows, look us up on iTunes at Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You can download it there and, and into our podcast. Please leave a, a review for us. You can also go on wintradio.com, look under archive programs for Dirty Secrets of Small Business, and you can download it to your computer. And remember, you can listen on your mobile devices at tunein.com. <laughs>